I'm Yuji Wasawa, Professor of International Law in the Faculty of Law of the University of Tokyo. I also currently serve as the Chairperson of the Human Rights Committee under the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights and the Vice President of the Asian Development Bank Administrative Tribunal. In this lecture, I will talk about the diversity of international obligations. I believe it is essential to recognize that obligations assumed by states under international law are diverse in nature. One of the most remarkable developments in international law is the emergence and development of the notion of obligations ergo omnes or obligations owed to the international community as a whole. Traditionally, international obligations were bilateral in nature. When a state failed to comply with the bilateral obligation, the other state was injured. The injured state was entitled to invoke the responsibility of the responsible state by way of diplomatic protection. In contrast, Obligations ergomnes are not only multilateral in nature, but also the concern of all states. All states have a legal interest in their protection. In the Barcelona Attraction case in 1970, the International Court of Justice distinguished between the obligations of a state arising vis-à-vis -vis another state in the field of diplomatic protection and the obligations of a state to the international community as a whole. The court called the latter obligations ergo omnes and pointed out that by their nature they are the concern of all states. The question in the Barcelona traction case was whether Belgium could exercise diplomatic protection for Barcelona Traction Light and Power Company. And obligations ergomnes were not at issue in the case at all. Thus, the statement of the court regarding bilateral obligations and obligations ergomnes was a dictum. However, the distinction the court made between bilateral obligations and obligations ergomnes has been accepted in international law. And the notion of obligations ergomnes has been well established as a fundamental concept of international law. It is sometimes said that the statement of the court brought about a paradigm shift in international law. It is one of the most important statements the ICJ has ever issued. There have been interesting developments regarding the notion of uh, obligations ergomnes in recent years. The ICJ has discussed and developed the notion of obligations ergomnes in several cases since 1970. Particularly noteworthy are the war case in 2004 and the armed activities case 
between the Democratic Republic of Congo and Rwanda in 2006. The work of the International Law Commission on State Responsibility, which culminated in the Articles on State Responsibility in 2001, is also very interesting in this regard. The Articles adopted the notion of obligations ergomnes and pointed out that international obligations are diverse in nature. In addition, the Institute of International Law adopted a resolution on obligations ergomnes in 2005. This lecture is divided into two parts. In the first part, I will present a typology of international obligations and explain how they differ from each other. One of the most interesting obligations of states from, from a theoretical perspective is obligations ergomnes. Therefore, in the second part, I will examine obligations ergomnes in some detail. First, a typology of international obligations. The notion of obligations ergomnes that the ICJ put forward in the Barcelona attraction case in 1970 had great impact on the work of the International Law Commission on State Responsibility. First reading text adopted by the ILC in 1996 contained the idea of obligations ergomnes or obligations owed to the international community as a whole, even though the text did not use such terms. The text defined injured states broadly and acknowledged that in some cases all other states may be considered as injured states of an international wrongful act, even when they are not speci specially affected by the act. Thus, even though the text did not use the term obligations ergomnes, its drafters apparently had in mind something similar to obligations ergomnes. James Crawford, the special rapporteur on state responsibility, reviewed the usage of injured states contained in the first reading text. In doing so, he analyzed multilateral obligations and indicated that there were three different types of multilateral obligations. The first is obligations ergomnes, the second is obligations ergomnes partes. Obligations ergomnes partes are obligations which originate from an international regime established by a treaty and are owed to all the state's parties to the regime. In such case, all the state's parties have a legal interest in the maintenance and implementation of the regime. The third type of multilateral obligations is general multilateral obligations. For this type of multilateral obligations, some states are affected by a breach, and the states 
specially affected are entitled to invoke the responsibility of the responsible state. These distinctions that Crawford proposed were adopted and incorporated in the Articles on State Responsibility in 2001. Gerard Fitzmaurice, the Special Rapporteur on the Law of Treaties, distinguished treaties by their effect on termination and invalidity. One type of treaties Fitzmaurice distinguished from reciprocal treaties was integral treaties. Integral treaties, such as treaties on human rights, are not dependent on a corresponding performance by all the other parties and require an absolute performance. Crawford adopted the concept of integral obligations put forward by Fitzmaurice and considered it as a subcategory of obligations erga omnes partes. It is important to distinguish between obligations erga omnes and obligations erga omnes partes or obligations erga omnes among the parties. This distinction was proposed by Gaetano Aranjo Ruiz, a former Special Rapporteur on State Responsibility, and later adopted and elaborated upon by Crawford, who succeeded him. Obligations ergo omnes are those obligations the ICJ introduced in the Barcelona Traction case. They are owed to the international community as a whole. All states have a legal interest in the protection. Because such obligations are the concern of all states, and not merely states' parties to a specific treaty regime, they have a legal basis under general international law. In contrast, obligations ergomnes partes originate from an international regime established by a treaty. All the state's parties have a legal interest in the maintenance and implementation of the international regime. Obligations ergomnes partes have a legal basis under a treaty and are not the concern of states which are not parties to the treaty. Obligations relating to human rights are obligations ergomnes partes if they are obligations set out in a treaty. If they represent customary international law or have become customary international law, they become obligations ergomnes as well. The Institute of International Law adopted a resolution entitled Obligations Ergo Omnes Under International Law in 2005. The Institute adopted a broad definition of Obligations Ergo Omnes and included Obligations Ergo Omnes Partes and Obligations Ergo Omnes. The Institute was fully aware of the differences between Obligations Ergo Omnes and obligations 
ergomenes partes. But he chose to set out principles common to these two con concepts. Obligations ergomenes and obligations ergomenes partes are similar and share some common features. However, because they differ in the scope of states entitled to invoke the responsibility of the responsible state, I believe they should be distinguished from one another. With these considerations in mind, I shall attempt to set out a typology of international obligations. The first category of international obligations is bilateral obligations. They are obligations of a state, they are obligations a state owes to another state. Obligations arising from bilateral treaties represent a typical example. A state party to a bilateral treaty undertakes obligations under the treaty to the other state. When a state fails to comply with the bilateral obligation, the other state is injured. The injured state is entitled to invoke the responsibility of the responsible state. Multilateral treaties became more common in the 19th century. They are multilateral in the sense that there are more than two parties to a treaty and the treaty is applied to more than two states. However, many obligations contained in multilateral treaties are bilateral in nature, in the sense that the state owes obligations to another state under the treaty. For example, the Vienna Convention on Diplomatic Relations is a multilateral treaty. However, the obligations states assume under the convention are bilateral in nature. Their obligations a receiving state owes to a sending state in their mutual relationship. Many obligations under the Convention on the Law of the Sea and multilateral extradition treaties are similarly bilateral in nature. They are multilateral in form, but bilateralizable. In other words, these treaties contain bundles of bilateral relationships. Some obligations under custom and international law are also bilateral in nature. The second category of international obligations is ordinary multilateral obligations. They are obligations states owe to a group of states under a multilateral treaty or customary international law. When a state fails to comply with those obligations, one state is specially affected and that state is entitled as an injured state to invoke the responsibility of the responsible state. Most obligations under multilateral treaties 
uh, of this type. For example, Article 194 of the Convention on the Law of the Sea sets out states' obligations to prevent pollution at sea. In case of a breach, a state specially affected by the breach, such as the state whose coast was contaminated by pollutants, is entitled to invoke the responsibility of the polluting state. The third and the fourth categories of international obligations are subcategories of obligations ergo omnes partes. The third category is interdependent obligations. For these obligations, it is essential that the other states fulfill their obligations and fulfillment by the other states of their obligations constitute a prerequisite for a state to fulfill its own obligations. A breach by another state makes it pointless for a state to continue to fulfill its own obligations. To use the terms of the first reading text of the Articles on State Responsibility, a breach of interdependent obligations necessarily affects the enjoyment of the rights or the performance of the obligations of the other state parties. To use the terms of the final text of the Articles on State Responsibility, a breach of interdependent obligations radically changes the position of all the other states. When there is a breach of interdependent obligations, all the other state parties are affected per se and become injured states. Examples of interdependent obligations include obligations under disarmament treaties, nuclear free zone treaties, and the Antarctic Treaty. These obligations are sometimes called integral obligations, but I propose to refer to them as interdependent obligations and distinguish them from integral obligations, which I shall discuss now. So the fourth category of international obligations is integral obligations. And it is a subcategory of obligations ergo omnes partes. Integral obligations are objective obligations a state owes to all, all other states under an international regime established for the protection of a collective interest of a group of states. All the state parties to the regime have a common legal interest in the maintenance and implementation of the regime and are entitled to invoke the responsibility of the responsible state. Integral obligations are usually set out in multilateral treaties 
And examples include treaties on human rights, such as the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, treaties on international humanitarian law, such as the 1949 Geneva Conventions, and treaties on the environment, such as the Montreal Protocol on substances that deplete the ozone layer. According to Article 48 of the Articles on State Responsibility, in case of a breach of this type of obligations, all other states' parties to the treaty are entitled to invoke the responsibility of the responsible st state, even though they are not injured states. The ILC commentary on the Articles on State Responsibility gives regional nuclear free zone treaties as an example of integral obligations. However, I believe regional nuclear free zone treaties should be classified as interdependent obligations. The third category of international obligations, namely interdependent obligations, and the fourth category of international obligations, namely integral obligations, are both subcategories of obligations ergomnes partes. All states that are parties to a treaty have a legal interest in the maintenance and implementation of the treaty regime and are entitled to invoke the responsibility of the responsible state. However, there are important differences between interdependent and integral obligations. Under interdependent obligations, other states may invoke the responsibility of the responsible state as injured states. In the case of integral obligations, other states may invoke the responsibility of the responsible state even though they are not injured states. The fifth category of international obligations is obligations ergomnes, or obligations owed to the international community as a whole. They are the concern of all states. All states have a legal interest in the protection. Any state is entitled to invoke the responsibility of the responsible state. This is the notion introduced by the ICJ in the Barcelona Traction case in 1970 and incorporated in the Articles on State Responsibility in 2001. In the second part of this lecture, I will examine obligations ergomnes in some more detail. The Latin term ergomnes has different meanings in different contexts, and we must be careful not to confuse them. In 1966, before the ICJ introduced 
the notion of obligations ergominis in the Barcelona traction case, the International Law Commission examined objective regimes created by such treaties as a treaty demilitarizing a particular area in the Antarctic Treaty and described them as treaties valid ergomnes. In this usage of ergomnes, if a rule of international law binds all states, it is considered as valid ergomnes. In this usage, the term ergomnes is used to indicate the scope of validity of primary rules of international law and to indicate that they are valid for all states. The meaning of ergomnes as used concerning the notion of obligations ergomnes is different. Obligations ergomnes are obligations owed to the international community as a whole. All states have a legal interest in the protection. What is at issue here is which state can invoke the responsibility of the responsible state. It is a question regarding secondary rules of international law. How then do we determine whether an obligation is an obligation ergomnes? The source from which the obligation originates is useful to distinguish obligations ergomnes from obligations ergomnes partes. With regard to obligations ergomnes, all states in the world not just parties to a certain treaty have a legal interest in the protection. Obligations ergomnes have their basis in customary international law rather than in a treaty. In the Barcelona Traction case, the ICJ stated that in view of the importance of the rights involved, all states have a legal interest in the protection of obligations ergomnes. The ICJ also stressed an essential distinction between obligations, obligations ergomnes and bilateral obligations. In correspondence with these two elements, pointed out by the ICJ, there are two approaches to a determination of obligations ergomnes. The first approach, the material approach, defines obligations ergomnes as obligations protecting important values for the international community. The second approach, the structural approach, defines obligations ergomnes as non-bilateralizable or non-reciprocal obligations. A strong construction of this structure approach regards all non-bilateralizable obligations as obligations ergomnes. 
irrespective of the importance of the norm involved. Under this construction, however, obligations ergo omnes become too broad. A more moderate construction of the structural approach incorporates the importance of the norm in its definition and defines obligations ergo omnes as non-bilateralizable obligations protecting important values for the international community. This definition is most closely compatible with the general understanding of obligations ergo omnes. What are some concrete examples of obligations ergo omnes? In the Barcelona attraction case, the ICJ gave the following examples of obligations ergo omnes. The prohibition against aggression, the prohibition against genocide, and rules concerning the basic rights of the human person, including protection from slavery and racial discrimination. Protection from slavery and racial discrimination are given as examples of rules on human rights. In other words, rules on human rights are not limited to protection from slavery and racial discrimination. In this passage, the ICJ appears to have regarded all rules on human rights as obligations ergo In 1996, in the Genocide Convention case, and again in 2006, in the Armed Activities case, the ICJ confirmed that the prohibition, prohibition against genocide was an, was an obligation ergo The East Timor case of 1995 was an important case for the development of the notion of obligations ergo In the case, the ICJ recognized the right of self-determination as having an ergonomous character. Moreover, in the war case in 2004, the ICJ affirmed that many rules of international humanitarian law had an ergonomous character. The ICJ has recognized these obligations as obligations ergonomous. In addition, in the Gabuchikobo Najmarash case of 1997, Judge Vera suggested that obligations under international environmental law were obligations ergo omnes. Many legal experts support such a view. Now, I would like to examine the relationship between obli obligations ergo omnes and iscogens. Obligations ergo omnes are similar to 
we use Coggins. The same examples are often given for obligations ergonomics and use Coggins, such as the rules against aggression and genocide. Indeed, obligations ergonomics and use Coggins do overlap in some respects. Some legal experts believe that obligations ergonomics and use Coggins are two sides, two sides of the of the same coin. I submit that obligations ergonomics and use Coggins constitute concentric circles. Obligations ergonomics forming a bigger circle than use Coggins. When a state breaches obligations on human rights, no other state is specially injured. Obligations on human rights are owed to the international community as a whole. All states have a legal interest in the protection. Thus, all rules on human rights may be considered as obligations erga omnes. This does not mean, however, that all rules on human rights are used cogens. Similarly, many obligations under international environmental law are obligations erga omnes, but are not necessarily used cogens. The ICJ put forward the notion of obligations ergonomics in the Barcelona Traction case in 1970 and has since made great contributions in establishing the notion in international law. The court, however, has not spelled out the effects of the obligations ergonomics in detail. In the last part of this lecture, I shall address the questions of whether, in response to a breach of obligations ergonomics, actio popularis and countermeasures are allowed under international law. First, actio popularis. In response to a breach of obligations ergonomics, can other states initiate judicial proceedings before the International Court of Justice. In other words, is actio popularis allowed under international law? In 1966, in the Southwest Africa cases, the ICJ stated that actio popularis may be known to certain municipal systems of law but it is not known to international law, as it stands at present. The ICJ modified its position in 1970 in the Barcelona Traction case by putting forward the notion of obligations ergonomics. In this case, did the court mean to say that actio popularis was possible under international law in response, in response 
to a breach of obligations and calmness. The jurisdiction of the International Court of Justice is based on the consent of states. A jurisdictional basis is required for a state to initiate proceedings against another state before the ICJ. In such form, as a special agreement of the parties to submit this dispute to the court or declarations by the parties to accept the jurisdiction of the court under the optional clause of the statute of the ICJ. The term actio popularis is used in two senses. One meaning of actio popularis is that all states have standing and can initiate proceedings before the ICJ even without a jurisdictional basis. Actio popularis in this sense is not permitted under international law. If there is no jurisdictional link, a state may not initiate proceedings before the ICJ, even for a breach of obligations and governments. The second meaning of actio popularis is that assuming that there is a jurisdictional link, all states have standing and can initiate proceedings before the ICJ, even though they may not have been injured by a breach of obligations and governments. Actio popularis, in this sense, is possible under international law. Obligations ergomnes are owed to the international community as a whole. They are the concern of all states, and all states have a legal interest in the protection. If states have a legal have a jurisdictional basis such as declarations under the optional clause of the ICJ statute, actio popularis may be permitted for a breach of obligations ergomnes. How about countermeasures? In response to a breach of obligations ergomnes, can other states take countermeasures? In many instances, third states have reacted to a breach of obligations ergomnes by way of economic sanctions. However, as the law is unclear on this point, the 2001 Articles on State Responsibility left the resolution of the matter to the development of international law by inserting a saving clause. On the other hand, in a resolution adopted in 2005, the Institute of International Law recognized that third states were entitled to take non-forcible countermeasures in reaction to a grave breach of an obligation at a government. To conclude, obligations 
assumed by states under international law, are diverse in nature. It is essential to recognize the differences in the nature of international obligations. Obligations ergo omnes are of particular interest. I believe that more attention should be paid to the development of international law in this area. Thank you very much, very much for your attention.